Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who spent the entire Ravens divisional round game wishing that Joe Flacco was still our quarterback, the button lover, Josh Sroka. Um, that's the first time I've thought of that, is you bringing it up. And sure, it would have been nice to have Joe when no one else can. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. It's There it was... I, I wasn't angry when that game ended. Joe Flacco I was disappointed. Is, but I've, I've, was I've known irritated. for his playoff, uh, you know, getting hot at the right time, that famous mm-hmm. 2012 run. Lamar Jackson seems to be the opposite of that. Right. No, uh, who was it? Someone this weekend tied Joe for the number of playoff wins or uh, playoff games with, with two or more touchdowns. Yeah, was, I think it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco. They're in sentences all of, all the time together. Yeah, you can now start talking about Aaron Rodgers maybe being elite like Joe Flacco. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, and we'll get to that. But I was going to tell you, well, first, you got a haircut. So you went out of your house. Or did your wife cut your hair? No, I took uh, My son needed a haircut, so I said, I'm taking him. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go, too. They, they made you get one, too. They saw you and said, uh, you got to get it, too. Well, and I'll tell you what, I went there, I had the phone, you know, there, there's, I have a, a telephone, and I have an app for Sports Clip. Is there Sports uh-huh. Clips down there in Florida? There is not. I go to Great Clips. Oh, Great like Clips is everywhere, clips, yeah. But without the TVs, yeah. Yeah, so I went to Sports Clips, not because I, like, need the TV, but that's the only, like, normal haircuttery or, like, mainstream yes. haircuttery here. Yep, I go because it's cheap and you can check in on your phone. Yeah, well, that's I didn't check on my phone, but you can. But I just saw it was zero-minute wait. So I was like, I'll just yes. drive there and go because it's zero-minute wait. Don't they still make you check in? Yeah, well, you got to check in once you get there. But when I showed up, it was a 60-minute wait <laughs> to check in. No, I was no, like, I'm no. not waiting here for 60 minutes. So I checked in, and then me and the kid went out and did some other things while we were waiting. Yeah, uh, hair cutteries have really innovated thanks to COVID. You know, we... <laughs> 
from, compared to the last episode where we talked haircutteries, <laughs> as we break down haircutteries, they really innovated because of the check-in on the phone. So mine now will check in on the phone, and then it'll send me a text message when you're seven minutes out. So when I get that text message is when I leave my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, it just so happened, I think right before I rolled in, there was a grandmother and five kids oh, who just kids rolled are in. The, kids are the worst because you'll look, and it'll be like, oh, there's only one person there to get their hair cut, and then there's like six kids under the chairs. Yeah, ex- exactly. And these kids, listen, I'm not knocking the grandmother, but like, because I can only handle one kid at a time. So if I had five kids there, I wouldn't be able to handle them either. But they were running just wild at the haircuttery, which seemed like a hazard on a lot of levels. But I, I let it go. We right. just walked out. Okay. But, um, yeah, I got a haircut. All right. I also waited in a line today. Okay. This morning. First thing this morning. Oh, you got a vaccine. Good for you, Josh. No vaccine, but uh-huh. you're close. I, I got tested for the fourth time since March. Oh, uh, another close encounter. I, another uh, close encounter, yes. Well, not part of it is Mandy treats everything as a close encounter, so I would have ruled this out as not a close encounter. Yeah, but uh, but if you Mandy wanted makes, to be in the same room with her, you had to go through yeah. this. Yes. So uh, when I when I when someone I was with in Maryland that I spent all day Monday when I, I spent all day Monday with Chad Dukes working on his studio, right. and Chad today Chad called me last night and said I got COVID. So I did the math, and I said, oh, that's five days. I'm in the clear. I'm good. Is that what, is uh, that what you do? Like, if you're Chad, you have to call everybody you've been in contact with because no. you have COVID and have that well, no, tough conversation? <laughs> no, you're supposed to call anyone that you've been in contact with the past 48 hours. Okay. Chad was calling me because he needs to do the podcast from home. So it was a, it was a help me out. Okay. I need some technical advice. Yeah. What mic to order. Can I borrow your squad cast? Because that would be, for me, a group text. Hey, group text, put all the numbers in there. Got COVID. Right. I'm not calling right. people. That's too right. embarrassing. So, so yeah, so he yeah, he wasn't calling me to notify me. Yeah. He was calling me for, for some help. And just in passing he mentioned. Yeah. But then went but then Mandy hears that and says, Oh, that's five days ago. You gotta go get a test. Yeah. And I so I explained to her and I said, All right, fine, I'll go get the test. So this time I went and got a test at like the now how like the state and government have it all set up. I've never done that. I've always gone to my private insurance. Okay. Yeah. This time, I just said, I'm going to go get in the state line. Made an appointment for 9.30. I was, it was amazing. It was a ton of people. They had it all organized like I'm at Walt Disney World, going through lines. For like keeping Chick-fil-A. Apart. It's as if Chick-fil-A ran the vaccine. I was <laughs> in and out in like 20 minutes, and there were hundreds of people there. Yeah. They had like 20 tables, or I guess it was 40 tables because it was two stations of like people just running through. Shoving the thing up your nose, moving. And I got a text message in 15 minutes saying I'm in the clear. Wow. I was amazed. Well, when, when you have so many cases of COVID like you do in Florida, I guess you get good at it. <laughs> well, that, that was my thought was they, they really they, – it's been a few months. They've really gotten this down. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what the – I haven't been tested in Maryland since the beginning of it, so I don't even know right. what so the I'm process like, is like anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was impressed. And, yeah, came out negative again. I keep beating that test. Yeah. So yeah, keep keep living my you're, life. You're still allowed to play. You yeah. have, you're not going on the COVID list yet. Nope, nope, not like uh, the Washington Wizards who are now the team that'd be shut down with the uh, COVID. Yeah, well, you know, I want to do this podcast with you if you had COVID. <laughs> right. Well, I'm at least six feet away from you. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. They wouldn't let the Browns coach zoom in any advice. I, I figure there's a reason for that. Crap. So, uh, yeah. the, the you know, reason. it must spread electronically in some way. Uh, yeah. The reason is the NFL has to rethink some rules. Yeah. One, how to handle that communication issue and not just assume that the guy's going to cheat by watching like the TV feed. And two, the, uh, the fumble rolling out of the back of the end zone that screwed the Browns as well on Sunday. Yeah, that was that, that was play? a couple uh, uh, crazy, crazy games. You had uh, Lamar Jackson go out, and then you had Mahomes go out too. Yeah. When was the last time you saw it, that? Like a big – and not only – like they both went out after like one drive in the second half. And both concussions, not COVID. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Right, and never. <laughs> I was I expecting they, some mid-game COVID, some Justin Turner type World Series. Uh, no. You have COVID, because, we have to pull you. Type. No, 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 it's concussions. We've had, well, no, we already had that earlier with the Des Bryant fake, yeah. fake COVID. Really, yeah. we just don't want you playing against the Cowboys. Yeah, some Jerry Jones ham, uh, tampering right there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but, but yeah, just the old school football injury concussions. That's the classic. You know, we're, we're, I, and it, it's kind of comforting. You don't want anyone to get concussed, right? We know the dangers of the uh, the brain injuries and stuff. Yeah. But it was nice to not have a COVID injury, but to have an old school football concussion injury. I don't know. Though that was a classic. Lamar Jackson was like the whiplash with the back of the head. Yeah. Like that's classic uh, how concussions also, happen. Yes. I think that the refs were so distracted by the concussion and the horrible snap that preceded it. That they totally missed on calling that flag on a low hit on him. Yeah, I mean, don't don't get me started. The the the, the Josh Allen, I'm still oh, the, mad about the Josh Allen flop. Yeah. I mean, oh, this is the NFL. This isn't the NBA. We do flopping yeah. out there, Josh Allen. That's so soft. That's yeah, a no. stra- that's a. We're just doing the strawberry of the week segment. Josh Allen, you are the strawberry of the week, dude. You get tapped and you fall down because you're that weak. Oh yeah, <laughs> this must be about. some. All I hear about is this guy is six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds. He's like a man back there, quarterback. Guy breathes on him, falls down. I agree. Did um, we should bring back this? Do you think are people too sensitive now for us to bring back the strawberry of the week segment? I, and, uh, people get triggered easily nowadays. Josh. I, know. I mean, yeah. So I even know I, I'm. I've I've done some uh, realization lately about millennials and that millennials are now like thirty years old. Yeah, that's weird. And as to think much about. as millennials were definitely the problem, and now it's this Gen Z, yeah, or whatever, they're the real problems now. Oh yeah, it's all. And once because, they get to be thirty, it's going to be the next generation. It's always the kids. Uh, well, no, no, no. But it's worse because Gen Z learned from the strawberries. Well, yeah, from and, and and gen, and uh, what comes after Z? I don't know. Is, do, do we do we go back to A? Um, uh, I think it depends what you search on the internet. If you search the right thing, it says the world ends at Gen Z because of Biden. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they came up with what it is yet. Uh, okay, Josh. So, oh, Gen, so, you're, so your website's it, already filtered to register yeah. that the end of the world happens with Biden. That makes sense yeah, I think for your Gen searches. Q. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh, Hunger Games or something based on uh, the, the D.C. right now. Yeah. I did like that. Someone had a uh, video where they mixed hung, Hunger Game clips and all the National Guard in D.C., and I enjoyed that clip. That yeah. made me laugh. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I mean, that. I haven't been down there, but hearing people talk about it, it's appa- weird. The, apparently the streets are deserted. Like no one's there except for soldiers everywhere. Yeah. 
But um, no, we have a ton to talk about this week because we do. We I want to get into all the Orioles uh, international stuff, the updated uh, top 100 prospects. All right, some basic thoughts of the Ravens game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and get into the Ravens. Um, um, and hey, did you know there's a brand new section 336? I meant to text you earlier today to check it out. Uh, no, it's updated for 2021. Now that it's baseball season, it's all on the clear, and we got a real nice, simple website. And this podcast no longer has ads because listeners have stepped up and coconuts. signed up on Patreon. So we've got some 336ers, some coconuts, some coconuts yeah. that joined this week. So we are going ad-free for 2021. Nice. Thanks to these guys. All right. Um, so it, it, this week it was Melissa and Tony and Michael that all jumped on board Um to help us go ad We appreciate free. So you guys. We thank thank you. those guys. Yeah. And if you want to join us, you can check out the new website. And there's a support tab at the top if you want to help us as we go ad-free in 2021. Yeah, sweet. Um, no, Josh, I want to talk about how we – I don't really want to break the, the game down. Frankly, I've been doing my best to ignore all Ravens talk and commentary. I, I mean, yeah. I know people react differently to losses – and I'm fascinated with how people want to talk about it because my reaction, just in general, when there's any anything uncomfortable in life, my reaction, and I'm and I'm upset about it, is to not talk about it at all and just avoid it and not think about it. And I do have this gift where something terrible can happen in my life, and I can just not think about it. And it's just like I don't. It doesn't bother me at all because I don't think about it, no matter what it is. It could be terrible. Uh, my wife could leave me. And I would be fine a half hour later because I just would block it out of my mind like it's not real. And that's what okay. I do with the Ravens. Like, they lost, and I was upset and sad about it. And then I just, like, block it out like it never happened. Um, and I ignore talk radio. I ignore right. Twitter. I ignore it all and just pretend like my life is okay. Josh, yeah. how, what, what's your reaction when the Ravens lose a, a playoff game well, that see, they should have won? The Ravens, the Ravens have pissed me off many times. I've been angry at Raven losses. I was not angry at this loss because it was just like a, oh, everything. It wasn't even like an everything goes wrong. It was just like bad luck after bad luck. Our defense played excellent. Our yep. defense kept the Bills to 10 points. Um, Justin Tucker never misses field goals, let alone two in a game, let alone Donkin, both of them, on each side of the goal. You, you'll never see that by, uh, by Tucker again. That's just a weird thing. It, it, with the wind, the wind, yeah, was crazy. That interception, pick six, turnaround in the end zone. That was the game. That flipped the game. We score there, we win. The, we win the game. Well, I mean, the pick it, six, they win the game. It, it's very simple, Josh. We, I mean, every time I look at, it, I can't believe it that we scored three points. Like I, I can't get past that. I don't understand. Like I'm even every time I look at the score, I'm surprised. What we only scored three? Right. But, because simple little things went wrong. But. But you're bad luck. We, but we lost by how many points? We lost by 14 points, and that right. interception touchdown, 102 yard interception return for touchdowns, yeah, it's, it's was a 14, a 14 point, point, swing. point swing. Like that's the game. You're right. That's right. the game. And and as horrible as that is, the way the Bills were playing, the way our defense was shutting down the Bills, we could have still came back and won that game if we had Lamar for the whole second half. To lose Lamar to a concussion. And you know what? Maybe if we had RG3, maybe if we had Trace McSorley. We were on our fourth-string quarterback in a playoff game in Buffalo. And yet somehow I turn on the radio after or the Internet afterwards, and the talk is, 
uh, Lamar can, can't win the big game. Nothing, none of that had to do with anything. Lamar, we didn't learn anything about Lamar in that game. Yeah. We may have learned something about our offensive play calling and the balance of uh, run versus pass. But we have the number one run game. Of course, we're going to run a whole lot more. Oh, my gosh. Is that what – and I haven't been paying attention, but we – I'm used to Raven fans complain that we get away from what we do well, get, get away from the run game. Right. Are we now complaining that we pass too uh, – that we run too much? Yes. <laughs> like that yes. – stop, stop. You, you can't do that. We're, when you've been arguing for the past three years or whatever, right. um, you, you can't just switch your argument. But I will say a couple things about Lamar Jackson I've been thinking about. The, the talk on the internet is to get rid of Greg Roman – uh, because of his play calling, okay, to bring in a big name wide receiver, right. and to offensive line. I mean, a center, uh, a center who can hike the ball. How about that? That I'll give you that one. If, if or, we get a guy who can hike the ball, we win the game. <laughs> I know, June. and I'm not seeing enough people about that. But and I don't know. Bradley Bozeman was a center in college. I don't know why we don't use him there. I like Bradley Bozeman. I think he's been doing really good. Right. Um, I like an offensive lineman that when there's a fumble, he runs and tries to get the ball. Right. And we've seen him do that. No, but Lamar Jackson, I want to make two, two points here that are important to make. Yeah. Yes. One, point one, he plays worse against better teams. But, but <laughs> wow. he, here's, here's the realization, guys. Um, better teams with are better bad. records are like better teams, right? Like yes. In the playoffs, you're not playing the Bengals. I guarantee if it was a playoff game... Playing the Bengals this year, we would beat them by 40 points. He wouldn't choke in the playoffs against the Bengals. We're playing right. really good teams. Why do we always have to play good teams in the playoffs? Yeah, like, like how come he struggles Especially, against good teams? Well, maybe because, like, good teams are good, right? right like, maybe that right. has it's to the, do with it. And it's the divisional round. It's the second round of playoffs. Yeah. Um, and the, the second point, which is related to that, is, like, we get so – and this is not just a Raven fan. This is everybody gets so, like, myopically focused on their team. But, like, let's zoom out for a second. Did you watch that uh, Saints-Bucks uh, game? Two, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time did not look yeah. great. Drew Brees was terrible. Um, no. he, he, was, he, was, he was worse than, than I would argue he was worse than Lamar Jackson. And, and no, Tom Brady was big... not great. Um, uh the guy for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, was not great. I mean, the only guy was great that I feel like that this past week was was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Nobody else was great, right? And and part of it is because playoffs, the teams are better, defenses are better. By the way, I loved this weekend where defenses it was like it was all about defenses and interceptions right. and turnovers and big plays by the defense which is fun to see because we've had this offensive narrative going on. So the two points are, A, like you're playing better competition, so you're going to play worse. This is across the board. Two, like Lamar Jackson is not unique with struggling against better competition. Like this is, this is how it works. Um, and so, you know, you can – I'm excited about the future because the future is Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown and J.K. Dobbins. Like I'm excited about the future of this offense. Right. Um, and oh, oh, and yeah, I think you made the point, Judge, about re- re- receivers again. Like Raven fans, just look around, right? Look around. Uh, like who else is in the playoffs? You well, got the Bills uh, yes. with freaking Diggs. Every, you, every good quarterback has a key wide receiver. All of them. Like just look, yeah. look who's in the playoffs at this point. Even the winners and losers of this past weekend, all of them have a big name receiver, except for yeah. except for the Ravens. All of them. Yep. 
No, exactly. And how about, and the Ravens did an excellent job shutting Diggs down. Diggs was not a big factor this week, weekend. The Ravens' defense played extremely well, oh. which made me feel better coming out of this game. They played great, because, absolutely. Because you, you don't throw that interception on the goal line, and Tucker hits two, two field goals, and it's a blowout. Yeah, well, and, and you flip that around, and it's and it's uh, whatever twenty three ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bills didn't have their big plays. Luck. Like, yeah, the Bills' offense was shut down. And and I thought I thought Ken McCusick, he mentioned this on Twitter. I thought it was a great point. The the wind, right? The wind was really affecting one side of the field, right? It was really yes. affecting going one way. And the third quarter, like the wind was going against us. Like the wind was having a worse effect on us just because where we the way we're going down the field. So we were kind of right. just biding our time to fourth quarter. And then we would have the wind with us and we could, you know, play better. Then we lost Lamar then, yeah. But then when he was concussed and fumbled was the last play of the third quarter where we tried to rush real quick the third quarter play to get one more play in there when we could have right. let it just clock run down into the fourth quarter and have the wind with us. And yep. so a huge mistake was rushing in the third quarter, which we shouldn't have been because of the wind, and, like, why rush in general. But we panicked a little bit, um, down by two scores, and we rushed it. Mm-hmm. And that's when kind of all the chaos broke loose. And uh, you wonder if we would just would have waited – Taking it to the fourth quarter, yeah. how different this game would, would have been. McCary, McCary said that part of the snap problem was that the Bills crowd was so loud that they had to go to a silent snap. And that was part of the problem. Which also tells me this Ravens team has gotten so comfortable this season playing without fans that they never really practiced and worked on a silent count because there was no need for it this season. Yeah, that's so a great point. That, they were not prepared. Forget the weather. They were not prepared for a loud Bills fan. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, home field advantage, we know in football, matters a lot. But this year, it really didn't matter all that much because no fans. And Except at least, you're right, because at least, and McCary has a good point, at least in the regular season, you, you get prepared for it all year long. Yes. But here, if you didn't have it at all, all year, the fans and the noise making, all of a sudden you have to adjust to that in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Before the game, people kept trying to paint the picture, oh, this year home field doesn't matter. And I thought when I heard McCary say that, I was like, of course home field mattered because of those fans. Yeah, and because you never had them in the regular season, even though there's fewer of them, it's kind of amplified because you're not used to it. Yeah, You're not used to it, and with fewer fans – they were able to. I, I think the fewer fans were able to make more noise because of how they were just hitting and kicking the chairs and banging on everything. Yeah. Where when you got a bunch of fans in there, you can't do that quite as much. Yeah, I mean, and you know, sixteen thousand fans. Like, you're just talking about the diehards. Like, you're. Yeah. It's not. It's not just your casual observer going to go in there and hang right. out. Like, it is your only your diehards who are able to get yeah. that ticket. Ken, Ken tried to tell me pre-game earlier in the week that. Oh, well, the fans aren't as loud because they all will have to be wearing masks. And I tried to explain to them, it's Buffalo in January. Everyone's covering their mouths when it's not COVID. Yeah. They're covered with scarves and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, and the Bills fans are impressive. The raising three, over 300000 for Lamar's charity immediately after the game. That's not, it's really cool that the Bills Mafia is getting known for beyond just the stuff we always know for them for their tailgates and their table smashes, that now they're really getting known for raising money for other teams' quarterbacks. Yeah, you, 
Yeah, and and I'm 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 rooting hard for for, for the Bills. Like I, the, I oh, totally. The Bills are they're freaking yeah, likable. Even going into that game Saturday, I said what sucks about this game is if the Ravens weren't in this game, I'd be rooting for the Bills. Yeah, yeah. The, now Josh the, Allen, he went down a notch in my book with the with the soft with little the flop. flop. But but I, yeah, I, I like the Bills a lot, and yes. I feel really good. And I saw a video of like Lamar Jackson. Interacting positively with Bills fans, like signing stuff for them. Yeah, that makes me feel good because after the Titans game, there was a lot of bad blood between the Titans and the Ravens and Titan yeah. fans. I had to block a bunch of them on Twitter because how, how are Titan fans still talking trash when they lost the week before? I don't understand how that works. Like, go <laughs> home. You're like, stay right. off Twitter. You lost the week I, before. You're not allowed to talk well, trash now about the Ravens. I don't understand that. Because they were also ask, acting like we're an ugly organization because we stomped on their shield. Right. And so like, I was they, like, they, they already did it twice to us. But and I, now we did it. But I didn't know. And like Lamar didn't shake hands after the Titans game. Yeah. So I was nervous that maybe we were the jerks. Like I always wonder, are, are they the, like, I know Mar- uh-huh. Marcus Peters is a jerk, but like, is the Ravens, are we jerks? But no, then I think, with I the think Bills Lamar game and how Lamar acted and how we act, like yeah. it makes me feel better that, that no. we weren't the jerks in the situation. Lamar smart. Don't go shake hands. COVID protocols. Yeah, we yeah. got to be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. Well, he, he was shaking hands with uh, Josh Allen and Bill's players. Yeah, that those tight, so the Titans were the jerks. So I'm just glad we clarified that. No. And I was, yeah. Because I, I was wondering. Watching it that like the Bills. with the Bills game, I thought it was really weird, and I've never paid attention before. But in the Bills game, I saw it pregame a couple of times that the Ravens and that halftime, too, the Ravens and Bills would all run into the locker room through the same tunnel uh, at the same time. And I never noticed that. And I was like, could you imagine if the Titans and the Ravens were doing that? I feel like a fight would start. Yeah, you just notice, like, you notice stuff in-game. Like, when someone makes a tackle, the opponent will, like, pat him on the helmet and stuff. Yeah, or help him out. Yeah, and that was happening in the Bills game. There was none of that in the Titans game. <laughs> no, no one was giving which, a friendly pat to the helmet on the opponent in the Titans game. Which, again, I, I like because I, like, I like the rivalry. I like to hate other teams. I like to block them on Twitter. I don't want all the teams to be the Bills because then I'm like, yeah. no, I, I, I want to hate the team I'm beating. I was explaining to someone last week before this game, and, you know, everyone was talking about the Titans and are the Ravens jerks and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, well, do you like this? And I was telling them, I love this because it reminds me of fans. Like, it makes me it, – it's why, as fans, we love that the Ravens build up the Steelers like they're arch enemies. Yeah, and they legitimately because hate them. They, yeah, like, and it's they not just uh, talking. Because yeah, they... that's what we are as fans. Yeah. It sucks as fans – of the Orioles that we like hate New York, hate Boston, and then like the players don't care. Well, and, and even I would me, argue the Yankee fans and Red Sox fans don't care. We we just care. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yes, but that's a different. Or like the Nationals and yeah. fans don't like Baltimore. So, no. but the players don't care, and that makes me. What it makes me do is it makes me like okay, it's not just about the money. You're not out there for a paycheck. You really don't like this team, and it brings it to like the old school uh, playground style of football. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I I agree. I, I like the little hatred in there. You, you can't hate everybody, so I think it's good to have a mix right. of of Bills yeah, and Titans. Wanna, right. You don't want to be the jerks that ev- that the entire country hates. Yeah. You don't want to be the Patriots. Right. Or the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the Yankees. Or least, everyone hates the Yankees, right? Yeah, pretty much everyone hates the Yankees. Yeah. Yep. But it's hard because I don't feel like you really get that anger in baseball, except maybe like the Astros. Um, I feel like some of the West Coast teams have really good rivalries, 
and real good hatred in baseball. Yeah, I don't but know. I, I don't uh, know. With, with, when Manny was here, there was some good stuff with like the Red Sox. There was there was some and, good uh, and we had bad some blood good Blue there. Jay stuff with Batista. Yeah, and there I feel like Buck Showalter too was was he he was in kind of into the school. the rivalry into yeah. the the digs too. He was, he was. He would make the comments about New York and Boston. Yeah. Um, but even like back in the day when New York and Boston really went at it, they hated each other. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and even that has softened. So I, it's, I'm all for rivalries. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, going forward, Bills. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bills. Not rooting for Mahomes, certainly. And uh, yeah. Now, what's the what's the concussion protocol? There's a chance Mahomes can't play Sunday, right? Yeah, there's a small chance. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's it's a weird thing, right? It's kind of like COVID, where it's out of his hands, right? Like he was, It's not like. Oh, if it's an arm injury, let me. T- I'll take a shot of uh, whatever. A cord is on shot, and I'll go out there and play with an injury. Like I think it's going to be out of his hands, whether he plays or not. Just like it was out of his hands that he was ruled out for the rest of the game. He can't like tough it up and play. Like it's it's out of his hands. Right. Right. Exactly. It's out of. Yeah. They got that third party. The third people. party. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. That's all right. Maybe Hen. Maybe Henny will take him to the quarter to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why? Right. I I want to count on it. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I, anything can happen, but great. I want to count on it. You trying to roll? You trying to run that? Anything can happen. Well, it's already taken. But isn't is that it? what um, Patrick Mahomes tweeted? Someone tweeted that. No, if Patrick Mahomes tweets it, that's perfect. That's good. Yeah, he tweeted. Otherwise, I, it sounds like someone trying to just jump on a T-shirt. No, I mean, happen. while the game was happening, he tweeted something like that. A play on oh, He's allowed to be on Twitter during the game. He's just sitting back in the locker room. Sure, why not? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, I felt, that's what I felt bad about is that Lamar wasn't allowed to come back to the field. That he had to stay in the locker room. Yeah. as part of concussion. I, I don't believe the sucks. rumors that he just was. It wasn't a concussion. He just had to go to the bathroom. I don't believe any of those rumors. Oh, oh no! But the Brown game, hundred percent pooping because we saw him run to the locker room. Same camera angle this time. And it was not a. It was not the same type of run as he did with. Well, the Well, he was cramping at the Browns. This was a, con- uh, a concussed run. Whatever. A concussed run is different from a cramping run. No matter where okay. you're cramping. I'll give you that. But the runs were definitely different. So I'm. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's some good. Uh, good Ravens coverage. Uh, going forward, um, Lamar Jackson extension. You into that? Uh Yes, as long as it's not a let's make him the highest paid quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. I'm not for that. If I was Lamar, I would say let's not talk extension yet. Right, because Lamar is getting better. Lamar, He's on the upswing. Lamar, Lamar needs to start going on the upswing, yeah. He needs to really focus on his passing game this offseason. And the type of competitor that Lamar is, I have no reason to believe he won't be. This isn't a Chris Davis situation. Yeah, where he's gonna say he's working on it and do nothing. Well, that's the thing, you know, and even Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, they seem like the kind of guys who take a day off and then are back, you know, just yeah. working out, Mar- getting better. Marquise like Brown. I have every confidence that our offensive players are working their tails off, and even our defensive players. Yes. Like I think we have a bunch of like focused, our defense, hardworking guys who want to get better. Yeah. Yeah, I hope all our defense comes back. I don't know if you can financially do it and keep Judon and keep Yannick, 
But uh, I love Peters. I love that Tavon Young is coming back next next year. I love Tavon Young the little bit that we've seen him. Yeah, I think our secondary is going to be great next year. Yeah, Peter uh, Marquise Brown irritated me all season, and somehow he stepped up in the playoffs and looked like a wide receiver. Well, and that's how he looked the year before too, right? Like the year before, he looked really good too. It's just the injury stuff. Yeah, yes, but I don't know. I, I didn't see him fight for balls really. You know, I know you always say that. Year. I don't really understand what you mean, but okay. It means if the ball isn't before the playoffs, if the ball wasn't thrown perfect to him, he wasn't catching it. All right. When you would watch a uh, you watch a a receiver with dig like digs or someone, and you're always amazed at how they can pull in balls. Even Andrews, Andrews will fight for the ball. He'll go down for the ball. He'll go up for the ball. He'll fight for it. I did not see that from Brown until the playoffs. Okay. So, but whatever. Next season, I told you <laughs> they weren't that. I told you they were a good team, not a great team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good teams get into the playoffs. Great teams wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I still disagree with you because I think they were better than the Bills <laughs> and. They, they more were. yards, time possession, like all the stats pointed to them. And I think they no, were they a better were. team. Than, like, honestly, I think they're Some a better team than, than the Bills. And yeah. I know the Bills are going forward, and they deserved it because they won. But if we play that game again with everyone healthy, like, I I, I would, again, pick the Ravens, too, yeah. to beat the Bills. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Things just now, didn't fall our way. I think we would have lost to, to the Chiefs if Mahomes plays. Like I don't think I, we, yeah. I if I the was again a bet on man, Saturday, yeah, I would have bet the Chiefs to beat the Ravens in the AFC Championship yeah. game, which again says something like what do the Chiefs have that we don't have? Um, and I think one of the big separators is um, Tyreek Hill, right? And Mahomes is better than right. Jackson certainly, but Tyreek Hill, that game yep. breaker, and Kelsey, right? they they have two kind of game breaker receivers, and we have half of one. I feel like. Like, maybe if you combine Marquise Brown and Andrews, it, like, equals one guy. But they have, like, right. two of those guys. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, speaking of betting, I've lost a whole bunch of money on my bookie this weekend. Thanks to the Ravens and the uh, Saints. Yeah, I made up for it with the Bucks. With the... I, I did good for the Browns. Yeah. Because I took the points. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk some Orioles. Okay. That's good in the order right, stuff. It's baseball 30 days until pitchers and catchers report. And they're reporting on time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw I saw there was some football team, Manchester, or one of those over in, like, whatever, one of those European leagues where they're getting a lot of uh, – they got a lot of people angry because the entire, the entire soccer team got vaccinated before the town. Hmm. And 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 the guy tried to spin it. Well, no, we vaccinated the, the football team so that everyone would feel comfortable and safe, and to build up demand for the vaccine because people didn't people were scared of the vaccine. So we've used the the soccer players to prove that the vaccine is good. Yeah. So now I'm calling on Major League Baseball do the same thing in America. Well, Let's vaccinate all these players so that we all feel comfortable with it. Well, there's there's all these stories, Josh. I don't know if you heard these. Um, yeah, you've heard these. We talked a little bit about this, but I think when we hung out, but I just heard it on a local Facebook, Centerville, residents of Centerville here on the Eastern Shore Facebook group, where they said at the fire station, they're giving out the vaccines, but there were like just people hanging out after the vaccine time was over and they weren't eligible for the vaccine because they didn't qualify in that 1A category to get the vaccine, but they had a bunch of leftovers and they were just shooting people up. 
with the vaccine. Right. So I think just like Oriole players need to hang around like around five o'clock around vaccine locations. If there's any oh, left yeah. over, just kind of, you know, sne- yeah, sneak in there point. at the end. Yeah, Orioles <laughs> laid up here at the Publix right down the street. You can sign up and get it if you're old. But uh, if you're not, just hang out around 9 o'clock. That's when Publix Pharmacy closes, I believe. Yeah. It might be 8 o'clock. Yeah, and, and then get rid of all the, the extras that they can't, can't keep. Um, no, no, yeah. but uh, are, are, if you're Michael Elias, are you, are you f- trying to find out ways to get your players vaccinated r- real quick on the, on, the, on the down low? Is that part of Mike, Mike Elias's job description? I don't know. Are you more likely to get players vaccinated or find some contaminated stuff and send it to Chris Davis? Hmm. See, I was wondering, I was going a different route with it. Like, you think they're looking into signing Bartolo Colon because he's he's eligible because his age bracket, he'll be eligible for everybody else for the vaccine. So you know at least he'll be able to pitch for you, even if other players can't because they're too old. Yeah, I don't know. But but no, the the Orioles had a a landmark, a, what, a a franchise record day. In terms of yeah. international signings, Josh. So we have to talk about this. We knew yeah, when we signed players. Mike Elias, this day was coming. And today was that day where we kind of had our first kind of big international market free agent signings. Um, so props to the Orioles. I think the headlines yeah. were the catcher, Samuel Basolo um, from the Dominican yeah. Republic. He's 16 years old. And okay. the other highlight, the other guy we paid over a million dollars for was shortstop McCole Hernandez from Venezuela. Again, 17 years old, six I foot mean, four. And that, yeah, and that's what stood out to me is most of these guys were born in 2004. 2004, 2003, we're looking at a bunch of 16, 17-year-old kids. Yeah, there was one veteran signed from Venezuela who was 19, but the rest yeah, were... Yeah. Gabriel Salazar. Yeah. Salazar. Yeah, but the rest were 16 and 17. Josh, did you just want to run through the list and, you know, say all the names <laughs> you know, of, of people we signed? You know, as soon as I said that uh, Salazar, I said I realized in my head I should have practiced these names because Matt's going to ask me to read the list. I mean, I just announced Basolo and Hernandez. Do you want to take it all from right. there? Yeah, sure. Just real quick, just, uh, r- just run, run through the names for us. All right. Catchers, Samuel Basola. Catcher, Yasmil Boucher. Uh, shortstop. Reveal Castillo, shortstop Victor Celedonio, outfield. Oh, that's a tough one. Tudis Cortoreal, left handed pitcher DV Cruz, shortstop Anderson de los Santos, outfield Wilmer Feliciano, shortstop. McCall Hernandez, uh, outfield Hector Jimenez, outfield Junior Lara. That's an easy one. Catcher uh, Anudis Morden, outfield uh, Angel Pena, uh, left hand pitcher Elvis Polenko, catcher Carlos Rodriguez. Outfield, Gabriel Salazar, shortstop, Angel Tejada. I think I did pretty good on this. Yeah, yeah. At, pronunciations. Uh, the Orioles, you can follow uh, Josh sure at Josh Stroke if you're looking for a new baseball announcer. Maybe he, he could uh, even yeah. announce your, you know, your... Um, uh, how, do you, how do you say Angel? 
when you pronounce like that, G's pronounced like an H or something. Yeah, I think you can go and 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 an- Angel or Angel. Angel. I think either one's accept- I know. acceptable. I think I think Angel's wrong. Okay. Well, Josh, but, uh, I, I think Angel being wrong is the least of your problems, but okay. Whatever. I did excellent at that job. Okay. For, for, for my first time reading the list, I'm very proud of the way I uh, read through those. Uh, a bunch of Dominican Republicans and uh, Venezuelans. Yeah, four Venezuelans, yeah. and I think, was it 12 um, people from the Dominican Republic? 13. 13. Okay, so 17 total. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, short a bunch of shortstops, outfielders, and catchers, and um, pit, a few pitchers. Are you surprised how many catchers we took? I or is it these guys are sixteen, so they're going to be up in the majors when uh, Rushman retires? Yeah, and I think those those positions mean very little at this point, right? Like, how much does a position matter to a sixteen-year-old? Right. Like, good point. Good point. A lot of times you'll wasn't a. Uh, like Adam, Adam Jones, Jones I think was a shortstop, yeah. right? When we signed them and then moved them to the So outfield. was Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, like a bunch of them were shortstops. Um, so was yeah. um, Michael Givens. Yeah. Yep, you're right. But but well, um, because, as far as because as far as the, in high school ball, your best players are pitchers and shortstops. Sure. And as far as just the the top prospects internationally, um, the only guy to make on the top thirty was her 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 Hernandez. Um, who we signed for 1.2 million. Um, he was the only guy on the top 30 list. Um, but certainly, I mean, we signed a guy for 1.3 million, but Salo the catcher. So certainly there's other guys up there. But I don't know. I'm, I always find this a little bit. And I, I think my opinion is Peter Angelos did not participate in the, in the international market. A, because he's cheap. B, because I, and I do, I find it a little bit cringeworthy. Kind of like college recruiting when you're recruiting 15-year-olds out of high school. Like, it's just a little bit cringeworthy to be drafting or to be signing. It's not even drafting. It's signing 16-year-olds. Like, I think there needs to be a better way to do this. I find it cringeworthy. But I, I understand the, the need to do this to be a competitive team. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, but it's it's how baseball is set up. You don't see it in football and stuff because of college. Yeah. So, college is that minor league team. Baseball. Baseball. You know, baseball also has the international camps and stuff, and it's the only way because I don't think you have. As, I don't know in international like I don't think you have as many like high school leagues. I think you have you in order to have these organized teams in baseball for high schoolers, they are funded by major league baseball teams. Right, and so on the one hand, I'm like, well, just have a draft, and that would be kind of more fair for other teams, and maybe better for the players. But then like. This shortstop Hernandez, who got 1.2 million, if he was drafted, he probably wouldn't get 1.2 million dollars. So maybe it's you know maybe it's better for some of these players because he's not getting a contract for 1.2 million at 17 years old. Um, but when you do it like this, it's more like free agency where you pay guys kind of what they're right. worth. But I, isn't that so hard though, Josh? That you're looking at 16 year olds and deciding who oh, gets totally. 100,000, who gets 1.5 million. At sixteen, it just it's just could I find you, it kind of crazy. Could you imagine? Could you imagine at sixteen years old bringing in more money than your dad has made your entire life, basically? Yeah. If you're getting this one point three million in American dollars versus whatever your parents are in Venezuela or Dominican Republican, Dominican Republic. I keep adding that N. The Dominican Republic, like one point three million dollars, has to be more than. 
the parents made their entire life. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a crazy number. Sure, yeah, it's, it's an insane number at 16. And, I mean, I just, Why it's hard to project. I mean, you look at the top 100 prospects and how many of those guys don't work out, even that are top right. 100. And here you have 16-year-olds who haven't played any minor league ball and are 16. I, it's just, you don't know how tall they're going to go. You don't yeah, know how hard they're going to throw. It's just, it's crazy to me that that, that players why, get signed at that age. Why are so many baseball players, why, what makes those baseball players so much better there in, in Latin America than growing up in Baltimore or Chicago? Is it the focus? Is it that that's all they do? Like, why am I not, like, why are you not moving to Venezuela to raise silence in Venezuela as a baseball player? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, right, because like, if I wanted, and I could put him in some, you know, baseball camp at, you know, five and right, six and raise him the game. But there, there's, Josh, there's more Americans in baseball than there are Latin American players. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess you're going to see that. I think, I think there's like a third of Latin American players, but but there's more Americans than Latin American players. Okay. All right. So I guess, it, yeah, and you're right. And what we do is, yeah, we look at it as, oh, well, all these players come from the Dominican Republic. Uh, and it'd be like, well, yeah, all these other people come from America. But instead, we group them all as one country. Instead of, if it's America, we're, they're all divided up to different colleges or baseball camps. And, yeah, if, if Silas... Is really, if you find Silas is really good, has that uh, left-handed fastball coming in, there's the right camps and instructors that you send them to to, to get the attention in America. But, you're, but right. you're right. In Venezuela, he could have the chance of signing at 16 for $1.6 million. He can't do that right. in America. Nope. Labor laws, I assume, right? Yeah, well, I think rules against like baseball, commitment. right? You can't. Yeah. You, you, I think you have to go. I, I don't know. I think there has to be to enter the draft. You have to be so. Maybe if he's a stud at twelve, I should I should send him somewhere else. Right. I mean, yeah. Have you watched the? Uh, you have to be seventeen years old to enter the MLB draft. Is the rule so basically you got to be like your senior year of high school? Right. Right. So I don't, I mean yeah, and you could. Uh, but even then, yeah, if he if he's a stud, sure. But even then, I just think the the, the money wise, right? Like. You might go undrafted in the major league draft, but mm-hmm. you might be signed internationally for two hundred thousand bucks, just because that's the only way to to get him. Right. So, good point. Yes, you're right. You're right. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe looking to move in. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's based on what I see from Sas thus far. I don't <laughs> think it's, a, it's a, a thing we're gonna have to worry about. All right. Well, the other good news for the Orioles this week is today the Baseball America came out with their top 100 prospects, and uh, the Orioles had five in the top 100. That's exciting for our farm system. Number two overall was Adley Rushman, which is, uh, of course, to be expected that he's high, but to have him as number two in baseball is exciting. The, only, the guy above him was uh, Wanda Franco, a shortstop for the Rays, yeah. who was the number one prospect last year. Uh, let's see. We had Grayson Rodriguez come in at number 22. So good pitching prospects coming up. DL Hall at 59. Another good pitching. Kerstead uh, came in at 62nd, which is pretty impressive, I guess, considering he was drafted last year and hasn't played in the minors yet. Yeah. Can I, can I say something and about then, him, uh, though, Josh? Yeah. 
Well, and I, I yeah, go ahead. I, and then I've got thoughts about the guy right behind him too, number sixty-three. Okay, because Kerstat, and I think this is right. Um, I think this is right that he was taken two overall. But if you look at the top, and right now he is what? 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 What number is he? Kerstat is number sixty-two. Okay, I'm in, I'm looking at MLB Pipeline because yeah. this is what I have access to, and they updated their rankings too. Yes, Baseball America is a, is a paid. Yeah, thing, and, and and you know I'm not, I'm not about that. So, but Kerstad is 55 here in MLB Pipeline, so a little bit better. Okay. But there's still probably because they probably took some people off that have already made their major league debut. Maybe I don't know how it works. Like on Baseball America, number 63 is Ryan Mountcastle. Right, and, and Ryan Mountcastle, I think he's on. in the top 100 in this one too. Yeah, in my head, I've moved Ryan Mountcastle off the. Prospect yeah, he's number list. 90 um, here. But but no but okay. the the Kerstat thing I just want to point this out and I I just I'm going through the names right now and I think this is right that there are six players from the 2020 draft who are ranked higher than Kerstat so even the Kerstat went number two overall there's six guys that are ranked higher than him from the 2020 draft mm, okay so. That's that's disappointing. You're saying you're saying that without a season, somehow all these guys that were drafted behind him are still projected ahead of well, him. Well, and this this should not really come as a surprise because Kerstat was not the second rec player on the on the board, right? Like he was not right projected to go Good number point. two. It surprised everybody that Kerstat went number two, and so baseball still thinks that he was the he is the seventh best player from the 2020 draft even though we took them right. two overall. So it's just something to watch. By the way, mm-hmm. nothing to watch when you're comparing players. So I'm, I'm watching Kerstat compared to some other guys. I'm not really comparing him to the number one overall pick, Spencer Torkelson, who's number four overall. Um, but I'm comparing him to guys like Austin Martin, right, who was taken by the Blue Jays, 16th overall. Yeah. Um, and I think like Asa Lacy is another guy that was a Max Meyer and Nick Gonzalez, so kind of comparing him to other guys taking this draft class. But the other one, other comparison um, is Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt Jr., who, of course, was the, the one-two options. Uh, right, and Bobby Witt got the uh, excitement this week for the uh, Happy Gilmore baseball swing. Yeah, and he, he's number eight on MLB Pipeline compared to the Adley Rutschman's number two. Oh, um, that's... Uh... Good move, Orioles. Yeah, I mean, but Bobby Witt's still two years younger than Adley, Adley Rutschman. Remember, he was a high school player, right. but Rushman was a college well, that, player. So just something to watch going forward. And that's to be projected. And that's why, you, uh, yeah, Bobby Witt will never pass Adley Rushman in the prospect list because Adley Rushman will make his premiere before. You would hope. If, if Witt passes Adley Rushman in the prospect list, then the plan has failed for Adley Rushman because it would mean he is then going down in the prospect list. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't know how long, and you brought up the issue with Ryan Mankow. So I don't know. How, I mean, Ryan Mankow still has rookie status. So I think, is that how it's determined? If you still have rookie status, yes. you're still considered a prospect. Right. Right. Because he's still rookie status. So he might not even make the team this year. He might st- go back to Norfolk or something. You yeah. know, no, that won't happen. But yeah, it's, it's possible. <laughs> I don't think it will happen. You're right. But yeah, I mean. 30 days. You getting excited? Yeah, I mean, just talking about the prospect list, too, just a couple of things. D.L. Hall, I mean, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, he's kind of had, had a cool, a couple years ago, he was our overall fifth-ranked prospect. 
Um, he has had a cool rise up our own prospect board and up the top 100 list. Like that's been watching Grace Rodriguez kind of climb the prospect boards. It's something really cool. I mean, when he was first drafted, even a couple years ago, he was not considered a top of the rotation starter. But now people are talking about him as a number one starter. He's listed as one of the best right-handed right-handed pitchers in baseball. So that so that's exciting. Yeah, and then just after the top 100, like we got the top five: Rutschman, Rodriguez, Kerstad, Hall, and Mountcastle, all in the top 100. Our next highest-rated prospect is Gunnar Henderson, who's ni- a 19-year-old shortstop. Well, he's yeah. a shortstop now. We'll see. But he seems to me very close to that top 100 list, too. So that could be a guy next year to watch out for. Everyone's been saying in the offseason, whatever, everyone's saying that this kid looks awesome. Um, so I think Gunnar Henderson is a name to watch out, a guy that could pop in that top 100. I mean, Ryan Matcastle, I feel like, has been on and off the top 100 list. He's kind of weird, but but Gunnar Henderson, I think, is a guy next year who could be on that top 100 list. Also, just last point about the top 100 list, Yuzniel Diaz, who we could, I expect to see in an Orioles uniform this year playing in the majors, right. um, was, two years ago, was our number one overall prospect and a top 100 prospect just two years ago. And, and yeah. now he's a number eight overall prospect. Um, so Yuzniel Diaz is a guy that has fallen off the top 100 list, and now he's 24 years old, right? He's a little bit older. But a, a guy who has that kind of top 100 potential. So he's another guy to watch this year. Number, And this, is, this, is, this will be his last year on the prospect list at number eight, but he certainly could be a, a big contributor to the Orioles. So another name to watch. Uh, yeah. And that's something that, uh, yeah, I don't know as he moves back there. And does that mean he's been a disappointment? But we really just got to wait. All these guys, you really don't know what you got until they get to the majors anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we, we've had, uh, the last time we had a number two prospect overall in all of baseball, do you know who it was? Matt Wieters. No, we had one after that. Who did we have after Matt Wieters? Machado? Machado was after Wieters, right? Yeah. Oh, but he was never that high. Machado was never number two overall. Okay. Which is more evidence. Right, who was number two? Dylan Bundy. Uh, Dylan Bundy. Yeah, Dylan Bundy. <laughs> yeah. And then before that, Matt Wieters was a number right. one overall prospect at one point. And then before okay. that, ben, ben McDonald. All to say. Right, back in the 90s. Yeah, Ben McDonald, Matt Wieters, Dylan Bundy. It doesn't, being a one, of, one or two overall prospect, doesn't mean a Hall of Fame career. Now, you could argue that Wieters had a really good, good career. I would argue that, but not Hall of Famer. Um, again, no. Bundy, I think the jury's still out a little bit, but. Did not live up to expectations. So you hope that Rushman turns out better than McDonald, Weeders, and Bundy, right? Yeah, all guys who had fine careers, but we want a we want a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean McDonald had yes. the injury stuff. Um, Matt Weeders was you know had some All Star years, was really good, but never right. never lived up to the to, to the hype. And Bundy again, a ton of injury issues with Bundy as well. And yeah. might now be coming onto his own, into his own with the Angels. I think that story still has to be told. Yeah, but hey, the Orioles also uh, re-signed Tom Eshelman this week. They did their big signing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we got that to deal with. Yeah. Do we? Um, is it time to reprint our shirts and change our pronounce, pronouncement to World Series 2027? As that's what Major League Baseball came out and predicted this week. That the Orioles will win it in 27. Mm, mm. 
So 27. So that's six years. Okay, so yeah. Adley Rushman will be 28 years old, kind of in his prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the veteran leader. leader Adley Rodriguez Rushman. will be 27. Hall will be 28. Adley. Okay, okay. Mount Castle, yeah, 29. Coming. 27 sounds pretty good. My problem is I think we win it with them young, too. And we sort of build a little dynasty. Yeah, yeah. We're going for the three-peat 27. Yeah, I'm with you. Right, right. So I'm sticking with the 2023. I would... If someone wanted to go 2024, I wouldn't argue because I think COVID could push it back a year, but I'm going to stick with the 2023 and be positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this year we'll have a lot to say as far as how I'm feeling about the 2023 prediction. Totally. Right. Because the goal, right, it's supposed to be uh, be okay this year. Next year, win games and have a winning record. And then 2023, fight in the playoffs. Yeah. And, I mean, if I see this year, like, that Dean Kramer is legit. And what Dean Kramer did the end of last year is, like, he is, you know, a number three starter. And and if I see that Ryan Mountcastle, you know, is legit kind of all-star, whatever you have him, first base, left field, DH. And if we see Adley Rushman come up here and be good. And if we see a double-A and triple-A, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hull dominate, like, I think they will then all that will make me feel good about. And if we see Santander, you know, build on what he did last year, um, all that will make me feel good about the 2020. Like, there's, there's been nothing that has made me say, oh, no, our team is not improving like I thought we would improve. Like, I feel like we're right on track, and Elias is right on track. The other thing that we have to wait and see is this has been a very quiet off season, and yes. Elias is not trying to sign anybody. Um, no, just Padres and Yankees are signing everyone. Yeah, but how quick will Elias be to pull that switch and start actually, you know, going out there and signing players? Like, when next year, right. like, if, if he sees us win 80 games, like, oh, man, I got Deal Hall, Grace Rodriguez cut coming next year. We won 80 games this year. We're pulling the switch, and we're, and we're going to go for it next year. Um, or is he going to be like, no, this team has to get kind of like 90 wins on their own before I try to sign anybody to put us over the hump. So I think how quickly, because there's a, I mean, with these contracts, you've got a pretty big window here with Rutschman and Rodriguez and Hall and Mountcastle and all these guys. So how quick will Elias be to pull the trigger and really kind of go, go all in is going to be something to watch for as well. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope that the Orioles signed Trevor Bauer to a three-year deal Okay, this year. Good. Hope that, Josh. Hope I, that. Uh-huh. I'm hey, are you concerned? I mean, we can't even come to terms with our, our OMVP, our Orioles' most valuable player, Anthony Santander. He's the only guy we couldn't reach arbitration with, or right. avoid arbitration, I'm sorry. So we're going to arbitration with him. Um, are you at all concerned? I think we were like 100000 no, apart, and we couldn't make a deal. Does that concern you at all, Josh? No, no. I mean, the Orioles are being cheap, just given the 100000 I think it's hilarious that people were excited that we came to terms with Trey Mancini. It's like, of course, we came to terms. There was no discussion. It was the same deal. You didn't improve or you didn't do anything last year. We'll give you the same yeah. deal. Like, it, it was the most obvious thing. Yeah, and I, I, don't, no, I don't think care. the Orioles are being cheap at all. I think this is a, I mean, Elias, that's the fall and go. Like, you, you, you have your number. You put it in there. If you don't want to sign for that number, all right, but then we go to arbitration. I, I, I mean, I think right. you can't and do this I, every time. You can't, you, can't, you, you can't do, here's my offer. Oh, you just want 100000 more? Okay, I'll give it to you. Because then what? You, you do this every single player, every single time for arbitration? No, you can't do this. You have your number in mind. You, 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 you say, that like, I think this is and, a fair offer. And this is the whole purpose of arbitration. If, if you disagree, 
then take right. it to arbitration. I don't think it's it's anyone and, being cheap. I think no. it's a process. And people like act like going to arbitration is like they're going to court and suing each other. It's no, you're going to a third party to say, what am I worth? Yeah, even Rakubako mentioned in the article, like, this could, like, you know, the, the danger is that there could be some animosity here based on arbitration no. errors. No, it's, it's, it's a bunch of lawyers in a room talking, talking about it, and then a judge decides. It's not that serious. Yeah. No, it's, 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 I think I'm worth this much, or he'll say, I think you're worth this much, and the judge says, all right, let's split it in the yeah. middle. Or no, you're right. Orioles are trying to low ball. It's to protect the player and protect the what? team. It's fine. Josh, I thought it was, that's how it works. I thought it was Brandon Hyde going in there saying how much Santander sucks and why he shouldn't get paid. I thought that's <laughs> what it was. No, that's not what it is? Uh, no, if that was what it was, then the Orioles would have signed Nestor years ago. Yeah. To, to be their arbitration lawyer? <laughs> yeah, to be your Going in there and tell Manny Machado why he sucks. Yeah. Um, no, no, like, yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's part of the game. There's what a bunch of players going arbitration. Um, it's, it's fine. It happens Yeah. on, a, on a, yeah, a, a, MLB the show. Happens. I take everyone to arbitration. I take them all. <laughs> yeah. And that's just like real life. <laughs> well, the Orioles have a uh, reputation. I, th- I think they're 11 and two in their last 13 yes. arbitration hearings. So they usually win those things. Well, they got, they got good lawyers as long as it gets worked out before spring training. And that it, it only irritates me if it, Drags into sports. Well, and, and honestly, Josh, like, there's a reason the Orioles always win because, like, Mike Elias and other general managers, not just Mike Elias, so ge- ge- general managers, like, they have guys who do the math. Like, they don't know how, they know yes. how much Santander's supposed to make based on last year. Like, it's a lot of complicated math, but they know what that number is. And um, Santander's agent, I think, is probably not as good as it is, as, as Orioles are, because um, Orioles have a bunch of people who do this for a living. Um, and so right. that's, I think, why the team usually wins is because the I team mean, knows. Yeah, well, put it into like a real life. When I go and ask my boss for a raise, I always think I deserve sure. that raise. Yeah. My boss can look at the numbers and see what type of revenue I made, how I affected the company. How you relate to other, and, other employees. And, yeah. and what the company can afford to pay me. Right. They know how all that works and how what money I'm making compared to other players. But I'll still, no matter what, always expect more money. Right. I'll always ask for a raise because that's what I want. It doesn't mean I always get it. Right. Yeah, and this and this year was also, and I don't know how to do the math this year because the number, all the numbers are funky this year, right? Right, and that's going to be part of the Orioles' argument. They say it was a shortened season. You were injured for half of it. It's hard for us to really give you that much of an right. increase based on a short season. Where stand. Santander would probably project, oh, listen, if I did this a whole year, I was I put up these exactly. insane numbers and I yeah yeah so it actually yeah. makes a lot of sense that Santander is the guy they couldn't move on because he had the most improvements in a short kind of window there. Right, you're right. He did, and he's the guy who, as fans, we're excited for because of that improvement. Because as fans, we project, oh, if he can do that for the whole year, that's awesome. Yeah. And and if he does that for the whole year, next year is gonna his arbitration number will go up a lot, and he's gonna make a good amount of money. And yeah. so allows and, and trade at him. At that point, he'll deserve it, and the Orioles will pay. Yeah, him. and then they'll trade him to save money. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. I hope not. Uh, you see, there's a new number two. Rio Ruiz has switched his number to number two, upsetting Oriole fans who are hooked on JJ Hardy. Oh wow! Do we still hold our special place for JJ Hardy? I don't care about JJ. Well, Hardy. I don't care about Ruiz. Well, I think Ruiz is kind of a exactly. bum. Exactly, I don't care about it. So I, yeah, I'm actually offended by it. Now that you mentioned it, that Ruiz, this bum, is yeah. taking Hardy's number. You know, my uh, my Soroka jersey is number two. Oh, so you're you're uh, taking Hardy's number. 
because because I when I signed up for the jersey, I completely forgot about Hardy, hmm. and I just tried to pick a, team, a player that like the number wasn't attached to a player, and I didn't even think about Hardy when I when I grabbed the jersey. Yeah. So I don't care. Well, now you're upsetting Marie's. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not a huge player number jersey guy. Um, no, don't take number eight, number five, twenty-two, twenty. Yeah, don't, don't take the those. Hall of Famers. Yeah, don't don't touch the Hall of Famers. Retired. Don't take number seven. Yeah. Don't take don't take uh, thirty-three. Number three. Yeah. Don't take the Hall of Famers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, outside of the, it's like when people did anyone take ten yet? Give ten away. Mm. How long do you have to wait give to get, 10 give 10 away. 10 away again? Give 10 away. It's just like two. People were one. People were all sensitive about one, and Cedric Mullins wanting one because of Brian Roberts. Right. Give 10. No one's 10 yet. Give, this is the year to give 10 away. This is the year as Oriole fans. It's 2021. It's time to forget Adam Jones. Ooh. To put him behind oh you. Oh, my gosh. Josh, he's not on. dead. He's just in Japan. Chill. Right. Move on. We have we have young guys to be excited for. Move on. Who do you want number ten to be? You using now Diaz to be number ten? Brian McKenna to be number ten? No, I would give it hey, what's Austin Hayes' number? Uh twenty one. Oh, I like twenty one on Austin Hayes. Yeah, that's a good number. Uh yeah. Uh see whoever you give ten to Low numbers, you gotta have guys that are gonna stick around. Yeah. Do you know? Who, do you know who I want? Um, I want Ted. Ten to be. I want. Um, g- give it to like uh, Travis Lakins or something. Give it to that new no, guy no, we just signed, Ashton Godot or something. See, that's that's when it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing if you give a, a low number to a guy who's like one and done or doesn't play the whole season. Yeah. That's like that's what. Cedric Mullins, thankfully, he came back. But if Cedric Mullins disappeared after that one season or half a season, then that would have been a shame to give him number one. You well, want, you know who's number one now. These, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Mullins. It's not Mullins. It? Number. I know who number one is. No, number one is because uh, uh, it's Richie Martin is number one. Oh, is that? So I was thinking Mullins, but it's Richie Martin. Yeah, that's an embarrassment. Well, our future shortstop. I mean. For right now, that's an embarrassment. Oh, give ten to Santander. Say we won't give you this extra money, but we'll give you. No, he's got. 10. He's already, it's got to be a young guy. He's already got a number. He's twenty-five. He's already got a number. It's got to be a, right, a right. guy without a number. So it's got to be um, using now. Diaz uh, doesn't have a number yet. How about Rushman? Yeah, let's bring Rushman up with number. Yeah, 10. well, he's been. Uh, I think number nineteen. Um, oh, I like nine. See, I like nineteen too. That's that's what it was in Don, Don Marva. See nineteen, I think big. I think Ben McDonald. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. You, you like you, you like a yeah yeah. I'm I'm okay with the two digit for Rutschman. Yeah. Here's here's my only thing is give the kid give the kids your superstars like Rushman and stuff. Make sure that whatever number you give them, they want. So that we don't have this Oriole jersey at number nineteen, then that, then year two, if you buy a Rushman, it's whatever. Galsman switched his jersey number between year one and year two, which irritated a bunch of people. Yeah, well, I remember Zach Britton, so, uh, the funny story that he told. I forget the exact story, but he like he, he like tried to tell Buck Showalter that he wanted a new number or something, and Buck Showalter right, just said, said, "Be happier no. in the team, son." 
Yes. Yeah. And that's why he got number, what, 54? 53, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. 50, yeah, 53. So, I mean, Weeders, yeah, you think of Weeders, it was one of our top <laughs> draft picks coming up, and he had, got stuck with number 32. Well, yeah, well, you think about it, when you're, I mean, maybe it's different from big name rookies, but for like most rookies, you're not going in there like demanding numbers. Like you're just happy right. to make the team. Like Adley Rushman's going to be happy to be caught up. Oh, what's available? He's not going to be saying, nah, nah. Like I want, I know someone's wearing yes. it, but I want 10. True. No, you're right. And I, that's why it's always fun when like random pitchers, especially bullpen pitchers, are always like 67 or something. Oh, by the way, I was just thinking Adley Rushman, and I could be wrong on this. I'm just talking to my head. I don't, I don't have it pulled up. I don't know. But I think Adley Rushman's 19 because I have the jersey from Delmarva. Um, you sure that wasn't for the year he was drafted? No. But, like, um, but for Rushman, if – and, I, I, by the way, I want to get a jersey from each level. So I was hoping to get a jersey from Frederick Keys and Bowie. Can't do Frederick Keys anymore. But maybe a, a jersey from Bowie as well. But Chris Davis is number 19 for the Orioles. Is there going to be a fight yeah, between right. if Rutschman is nineteen? If that's true, and, and I'm not making that up, perhaps there'll be a fight with Chris Davis. In in that case, my money's on Chris Davis. Ni- I don't think he's nineteen because okay. he was thirty five at Oregon. Okay, and thirty five he could keep. I don't think there's anyone that's thirty five, and that's. Uh, I feel like thirty five he could make it through it. Okay. So, but I mean, I could be wrong. Um. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to look up. I just searched Adley Rushman. Oh, yeah, 37. To try to see. Is that what he was in the uh, – I don't know why I had 19 in my He's head. 30, no, 35. Okay, at, at Delmarva, he was 37. I just looked up the replica jersey. Okay. All right. We so are, I don't know why I had 19 in my it. head, but 37 is the number. Maybe because I'm hoping he becomes as good as um, Chris Davis, who's 19. Uh, but no, Adley Rush was 37, so he can keep that number. Yeah, and when Ad- yeah, and when Adley Rushman came to spring training last year, he wore 76. Okay, so disrespectful. His number will be figured out. Yeah, that was a clear. That was a clear. You're not making the team. You're just here to help. He catch. was what number in, in college? 30, 35. 35, mm. which is a good number. I like 35 behind the plate. Yeah, a little Mike Messina action. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know why I didn't do it that one. Maybe there's some guy who had 35 already. Yeah, and Delmarva, and he said, "Oh, I'm just here for the minors. Don't care." Yeah. So. All right. Are we ready to wrap this thing up? We're feeling good about the Orioles, though. Uh, we got spring training start soon. We got a bunch of uh, draft picks. I mean, a bunch of top 100 prospects. We're tied with a bunch of other teams with I, the most top 100 prospects in baseball. I keep telling people, and I talk about this on film study at the end when I plug 336, now's the time to get on board because the Orioles are going to be fun from this point on. Yeah, there's going to be young players to talk about. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of young players to talk about coming right now and a bunch of young players on the verge of being here, but there's young players here already. Yeah, exactly. Jump on now so you get to know these young players because it's going to be really fun in a few Yeah, even right now, there's about seven, eight, nine players who are yeah. going to be on the World Series team. So right. I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I hope that minor league baseball can have fans this year because there's so many young guys that would be fun to go see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've already literally bought my tickets, so I hope so. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I know you did. It's exciting. All right. Well, guys, hop on. Yeah, hop on to the Orioles bandwagon. 
The Raven season is done. Put it to bed. We'll talk about it more when draft gets around here. But for now, this is, you know, back to Orioles only podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, tell, tell your friends. Share Section 336. I finally fixed our link in Spotify. New episodes have not gone in Spotify since like September. Uh, so if you subscribe in Spotify and you've been thinking we've had four months off or whatever, Spotify's been broken and I finally got it fixed. Finally got through to Spotify tech support this week and got it straightened out. Okay. So tell people about the show. Yeah. Spread the word. Spread the word. Five stars. Yeah, go to iTunes, subscribe. write us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your support. Check out the new website. Yep. Uh, you know, do the Patreon thing. Appreciate your coconuts. You can follow us on Twitter. The show Twitter is at Section336Show for all show updates. You can also follow me on Twitter at Section336 and follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. And go Bills. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash try.